Welcome to this podcast produced by the International Monetary Fund. I'm Mark Betancourt. Despite rising inequality in many parts of the world over recent decades, Tyler Cowen, an economics professor at George Mason University, says this trend has been accompanied by a massive flattening out of wealth disparity between the middle classes and the very poor. While participating in a seminar on inequality during the recent IMF World Bank spring meetings in Washington, D.C., Cowan suggested that overall inequality will continue to rise. But, he says, it's not all bad news. According to Cowan, the rise of poorer countries and the dispersal of labor in a globalizing world are improving the fortunes of many. Speaking to him after the seminar, I asked him how he sees this idea playing out around the world. Every country is breeding its own version of the hyper-rich who are just getting wealthier and wealthier. I don't see that stopping. So within nations, there's much more inequality. And not, not all countries will deal with this well politically. But again, the world as a whole, equality is way up. And this point is missed in the debates. Everyone's saying inequality, inequality, inequality. And at the same time, they say they're cosmopolitan. But from a cosmopolitan perspective, growth of China, growth of India, mostly driven by markets and also some good policy. We've never seen a time in human history where billions of people have come out of poverty over a 10 or 20 year time span. And that's what we've been living through right now, right in front of our eyes. What are some other examples of countries that have sort of have successfully managed to, if, if not level inequality issues, it, it, at least sort of take care of their, their poorest people better? Well, I think if you look at sub-Saharan Africa today, we see in most countries quite significant advances that we had not been predicting 10 years ago. Ghana is maybe the most obvious of those, and they've had a relatively egalitarian form of growth. We've seen foreign aid in the form of public health programs be of some use. Uh, but again, it just seems there was some internal constellation of forces where people got tired of having totally corrupt governments and no economic growth and relatively high levels of warfare and put it behind them. If you look at the country of Haiti in the Caribbean, the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere, they now have an expected growth range of 4 to 6 percent. Are there, are there also people within those economies who are getting left behind by that growth that are not benefiting from it? Oh, absolutely. And, and Haiti would be a good example of that. Uh, the deforestation in Haiti, the public health problems, you know, really have not been cured or even much addressed, even though they're having some economic growth. But still, if you look at the two biggest of those cases, which would be, you know, rural China and India, growth in those countries was mostly pro-egalitarian. Now, those countries are creating millionaires and even billionaires, so there are some large gaps. But if you ask, you know, have the poor people in those countries seen a lot of that growth? They absolutely have. They'll probably see a lot more of the benefits. No reason to think that trend will end. So, you know, there's a big difference here between emerging economies and the West. In the West, we're seeing some hollowing out of the middle class, but in emerging economies, we're seeing it being built right before our eyes. Speaking of the middle class, you said recently on American radio that the middle class in the United States, at least, is going to have to learn to live with less, less income, less wealth. Is that really true? I think it's true in America, a lot of Western Europe, Japan, and most of the other developed nations. Resource-rich nations may be an exception here, but we'll need to get a lot better at being bohemians. Because I think precisely because of emerging economies, uh, the return to labor in the wealthier countries, it's falling. So the idea that, oh, I'm born into a nice middle class family in the United States, I can just finish high school, roll out of bed, and become a member of the middle class myself, 
I think that world is disappearing quite rapidly. And it may not be good for people in the United States, but it's actually a positive sign for the world as a whole. And are you saying that's because a lot of the, basically the income that has been supporting middle class lifestyles uh, in, in the Western and the advanced economies uh, is now going to be more spread out in, in lower class, lower earning labor throughout the world? That's exactly right. So think of different countries as competing for investment dollars. Well, the U.S. still does pretty well in that regard. But a lot of you know, wealthy countries don't. Uh, it can be harder to work in them, and you pay higher wages. And people think, well, why not invest, say, in China or Mexico, where the workers are you know, great workers, have a great work ethic, and uh, a lot of your costs are lower. And now in these countries, the infrastructure is at least good enough, sometimes even better than the infrastructure you get here in the U.S. It's a process which no one can control or steer. It's not really the kind of story people want to hear, but I think it's the true story about what's going on out there. It's mostly positive for all its problems. That was Tyler Cowen, professor of economics at George Mason University, explaining that while he thinks income inequality is here to stay, it doesn't necessarily mean less opportunity for the poor. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can hear more like this on www.soundcloud.com forward slash IMF dash podcasts.